Very good addition, with the Kudus too. Now, in order to appreciate this Sefer, we'll learn the introduction by Rabbi Isaac Shezachin of Allah, Slobotki Rosh Yeshiva. On that, hey, Tvorim Achodim, that's the introduction. That's hey, Tvorim Achodim. Introduction by Rabbi Zishai. It's not the Sefer itself, however. The Sefer itself doesn't start until the dollar. The big Hagdomen. Hagdomen itself, however, is valuable to learn. If you come across a difficult expression that I can't explain, I'll skip over it. But you'll understand, from the majority of the words, you'll understand the idea. The Sefer Nirbat then, this important Sefer, Vizboarim Inyonim Chashuvim Chokmasam Musa. Important subjects in the matter of Musa are going to be explained. What kind of subjects? We have Chayvah Salvovus and Shavet Shuvah and the Sivus Yishorim and Rambam Hilchus Deir Hilchus Shuvah. doesn't mean this forum you can afford to skip over. No. This forum should be learned. Have a world of valuable information. No question about that. This Sefer only comes to add certain things that are not emphasized sufficiently in the other spot. But there's so much to talk about that he can't spend so much time on these details that he talks about. So he said, In this Sefer are found things We don't find them in other Sefer Musa that we have in our possession. So therefore, this Sefer is unique because it adds important information that you couldn't get elsewhere. Two important principles he wants to bring our attention before we begin the Sefer. These two things are very important for those people when I train themselves in the work of Musa. Now, Musa, of course, means instruction of character. A character is of service of Hashem. Very important subject. Not enough that we do the right acts, but we're also judged by our potential. What would we have done in other circumstances? If I call this border, will it cause these circumstances to come to us? Who knows what we would have done? 
that say if a person is a tyrant in his house, he's an unimportant person. His anger and his tyranny cannot do much harm except to the people in the house. But suppose he'd become a king, an emperor, he would be a cruel despot, and maybe tens of thousands of people would be destroyed because of him. And we have to know Hashem judges a man that way. Where it says, and Man should not put too much fear in his house. He shouldn't call the house to be too much afraid of him. Of course, have to be taught to respect the father and the husband. But Amo you say too much not. He told Amo you say the heaple cannot above us me as well. As a result. Many tens of thousands of people were killed in battle because of that. Because of this man who was a muscle Amir But the question is, how can you pair him who did such a tremendous harm to the Jewish nation to a man who is just a tyrant in his house? Didn't he kill anybody? The answer is, from Zimor, you see that even though he didn't have the opportunity, but he's judged if he had the opportunity. Because when a king gets the opportunity, it's not his Bechira. Hashem made him the king of a great nation. He could be the janitor. Hashem made him the king of a great nation. So now, all of the wrong attitudes that he had, had he been a janitor, it would have been unimportant. Now the whole entire nation suffers from his wrong meters. And therefore, me this means a person is judged by his potentialities. And therefore, me this is very important. The Rama says to do tshuva for me this is more important than the tshuva for Avegas. Said that in Hilchas Tshuva. Now, Ho'ikarishin, the first principle he wants to bring our attention of Isaac here to our to the people who are reading this safer. Havonas Dakiasamashava to understand how a man's thoughts are formed. Let's explain that. The Rambam has a section called Hilchus Deus, a locus of opinions. Well the Rambam talks here about Midas. Anger, selfishness, laziness, arrogance, gaiva. And it was explained by the Gdeli Amusa that the Rabbah hold that Midas are the result of a deus. When a person is an angry man, he has in his mind a picture that to be angry is heroic. Makes him important to be angry. Suppose he would think that anger is a disgrace. Anger is like his pants were dropped in public. His pants were dropped down in public. Would he be proud of it? A man loses his temper, it's worse than losing his pants. If you understand that, something else, but because he thinks that anger is a sign of being an important person, you show your, your anger and you express yourself. You're a bossy fellow. It makes him feel happy. And that's why he's angry, because the machshove, 
in his mind is that anger is a good thing to do. So therefore the Ramam said the first thing you know, teach a person to do shuva, not merely start training him. No, don't start training him. First he should go to a Chacham and the Chacham should teach him what's wrong with wrong leaders. You should get the idea that leaders are wrong. They're shameful. That's a disgrace. And then little by little he gets into his head it's not a good thing to be angry. It's a shame to be angry. As a result of the days of new ideas into his mind, he changes meters. Altus Robotki said that the days sharpen meters. The opinions cause meters. Let's say people uh, go to a prize fight, so hear about prize fights. The man who punches the other fellow and knocks him down, he's a champion. So punching becomes a form of greatness. Also, you see in, in movies or in the, in the cartoons, in the cartoon, the hero gives a punch to the other fellow. That punch, that's the punchline. <laughs> it makes the whole, the, 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 the importance of the whole thing, the punch that he gave him. So people get in their mind that to be a tyrant and a bully, that's a great thing. And therefore he becomes that because the machshav is in his mind. Am Yisrael is trained on Nova. Be an Anderson, be humble. And therefore for them, they look down on people who are arrogant or tyrants. They, look, they respect only the Gedele Yisrael. The Gedele Yisrael, like Meshach Rabbeinu, Ondov Me'ed Nikola Odom. And once you get in your head the right days, it'll cause the right meters. However, just as meters create days, and just as days create meters, meters can create days too. When a person, let's say, is lazy, but to justify his laziness, he thinks of all kinds of theories. And it creates a mindset. Like it says, Chochom also be'enov, Mishiva Mishiva a lazy man thinks he's wiser than seven wise men that are arguing with him. Imagine a Bokhaz and Yeshiva in the dormitory. And time to go to the dorm. He don't want to get up. So seven Majgichim go upstairs to the dormitory, seven Majgichim, and surround his bed, and they're all giving arguments why he should come to the dorm. But his laziness is so important to him that it caused him to think, and he thinks arguments. He can argue back. Chocham, also, lazy man is wiser in his own esteem. He thinks he's wiser than seven wise men around his bed. Why is his argument so wrong? But he gives them arguments. His laziness causes thoughts. And therefore, Midas can also cause Deus. So Deus can, Deus shaffer Midas, and Midas shaffer Deus. That's how it's done Yiddish. Deus create meters, meters create days. Now, to study how thoughts are created is one of the important parts of this Sefer. This Sefer will teach us what are the origin of our thoughts in many cases. That's one of the important things. Now, it explains. Next paragraph. Say the first paragraph inside. 
Next paragraph. Vodorakha is clear to everyone. It is clear to everyone. A person doesn't recognize himself. Musa won't help him. See that? He can sit down and learn Musa. He says, right. That fellow over there, that's what the was talking about. Man over there, that's him. But that's, he's the one that's talking about, doesn't occur to him. If a person doesn't know himself, Musa will not help him. It's an important statement. He does know what's lacking in him. He doesn't know what he has to remedy in himself. Even if a person knows and recognizes his wrong meters, he absolutely has he cannot train himself in Aveda Samusa. Kozman Shaloyiz Bora Eslo, where a hater Daki is here Samashar. He's saying somebody else now. Even if a person does recognize himself, he knows his faults. Nevertheless, he cannot accomplish by means of Musa unless he knows what are the roots that created these wrong attitudes in him. And how it developed in him. And that's not so easy. But it's an important subject. You must know how did you come to have these attitudes? I'll give you a muscle. If you lived in America and you read the, the newspapers, in the course of time, a person becomes corrupted. He starts thinking that, let's say, when princes die, these are rotten, low women. And she was traveling in a taxi with the Arab paramour, her Arab lover, a millionaire Arab. And they were crushed like cockroaches by another taxi, by a collision. So, good riddance. Oh, the newspapers made out of her a hero, a martyr. And, and, and people came in thousands and brought flowers to her grave. Mom was like a martyr. In England, the queen didn't like her. But the queen was forced to honor her because public outcry against the queen. Princess died. <laughs> to us, she's nothing. She's a mom is a, 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 a worm, a low woman. But the newspapers, after reading the newspapers, see what happens to you? So by reading the wrong things, or associating with the wrong people, your mind is, is, is an influence, no question. As soon as you set foot on the soil of America, you have to know you're in a Sarkana. Everybody in Sarkana. Because the air, the air is saturated with all kinds of stupidity and tumult. Now that's one of the things, I just, that's one of the ways Machshavas are caused. There are other ways but that's a study. What causes our machshavas? Bimlei shehakore hachisenu b'midus enenu hakoroslima. The superficial recognizing of your character. Let's say you do recognize your character to some extent, but the superficial recognition is not called recognition. Shehamidus heim v'goshim nimi manevish. But midus are certain emotions 
of their mind, of the soul, the emotions that are deep inside of your neshama. And these emotions are called meters. Or misgalim v'machshava. And they come developed and they show themselves in thoughts. First, they are emotions. These emotions create thoughts. Or mishtoshimbo. And they come rooted in the machshava, in the thoughts. So first, these emotions that people have inside of them, wrong emotions, say jealousy, can cause certain thoughts. Because the jealousy, you start hating somebody. We'll soon learn about that example. But you don't think it's because of jealousy. You think that person's a low fellow, is a mean fellow. You don't realize that it's your thoughts, your emotions, the jealousy caused these thoughts. And then it turns into X. So first it starts with emotions. The emotions create thoughts. Actually they're thinking certain thoughts. Then you do certain wrong acts. The Al Kain, you can use them I'm sure you believe it. If the right way to recognize is not superficially to know that you have this and this, even wrong qualities. No. You have to recognize what caused these wrong qualities. That's a big order, they say. It's important to know what caused these wrong qualities in you. If you get down to the root that caused all this, say that inside. This, of course, requires a certain amount of searching. Nachpiso and Nachkoyo. I give one little example. Suppose a person once encountered a man who had an unpleasant body odor. That man already is registered in his mind as an unpleasant man. Now he forgot that it was because of the odor. All he knows is this man is unpleasant. That's how things happen, from physical emotions. Now, by the way, I want to tell you, it works the other way around, too. Sometimes you meet a tzaddik, and the tzaddik is friendly to you, and he makes you feel good, he praises you, and you, therefore, you become a patriot of that tzaddik, not because it's a tzaddik, but because it made you feel good. That's all right. That's tricks. That's tabulous. The Saudi is using tricks in order to rope you in. We have to know, however, the other way it happens more frequently. It happens very frequently. We are roped in by all kinds of means of emotions, and we forget the cause, that the emotions were the cause. Now, this safer will speak a good deal about that. It's very interesting, by the way, these examples. But today we're just learning, the, not the Sefer itself, we're learning what a great man is saying about to, how to appreciate this Sefer. And I hope in the course of the time that the Sefer will prove very valuable to all of us. Let's skip the preface. In the preface, the Slaboti Rosh Hashiva said there are two important areas which the Sefer discusses, one area is 
to discover the secret causes, the hidden reasons why people are motivated to do things, which they themselves, if they would be honest, would admit it, but nobody wants to be honest. They try to deceive themselves, and they conceal the real reasons for their acts. That's one area which the Baba discusses at length. And the second area is the great factor in our lives, which is habit. Habit trains us to do things with skill. We're able to put on our clothing, tie our shoes, and manage our businesses, to learn, all is a result of habit. Of habit also causes other things. And therefore, he discusses the positive and the negative aspects of habit. One of the very great factors in our lives. Now we start on that chof. And before that, uh, valuable things, also by the Mechaber, but not directly on the subject. A it's worth learning some other time. Where we start. Hakdomen. Chishavti drochot. I calculated my ways. And because I calculate, I estimate, and I measure my ways, that's why I can bring my foot back to your laws. When a person calculates, he estimates, he judges, he doesn't do things blindly, then he'll come back from errors that others do because they don't examine themselves. The world in general lives by habit, and many of them have good habits, but among the good habits are others also. And in order for a person to rid himself of wrong attitudes, it's necessary to calculate his ways. Now, Allah, most of the snake and water is compared to do storekeepers. Ehud Oshe Chochum, Umor one healthy and skilled and is capable in the work of which is employed. He's a good storekeeper. The Chayb is man of Mokim Shishchoshim al-Sochahabe. He lives in such a time, in such a place, where his merchandise brings in great profits. Yes, a lot of and he always has customers. Who shokad yom balayla, lahachni tzchoyla. So he's busy day and night, bringing in new merchandise, all the foundation, and delivering it to his customers. He's busy taking in merchandise and selling merchandise. He sees that his purse becomes full of golden coins from his profits. And he has to build new storehouses to keep his additional merchandise. And he brings in new merchandise. He's adding more items to his inventory. 
and he doesn't bother about thinking at all. He doesn't bother making inventory if it, to see whether he's losing or money. He knows he's gaining, he knows it's all profit, and therefore he doesn't bother studying anything about himself. First day that inside. Cheney, another storekeeper, only bedas of a moment. He's poor in wisdom and poor in money. The Chaybiz man, Obimokim Shein Tzeloso Kharifa. He lives in such a time, such a place where his merchandise doesn't go. Lomala Sohalbe. Doesn't bring him much profits. Ushore Bidoga, Obisofik Tommy. He's always worrying and he's always in doubt. If his income balances his expenses. Since he has no other income, he and his family are in danger of dying of starvation. <coughs> he doesn't know, maybe he's losing. He has no other remedy. No way out. He has to start supervising, assessing the business of his calculations. The has to be stuck always to his ledger, to his account books. He must continue to look in his accounts to see what he is spending and what he is getting in. The Hare Yeshlo Pinai, he has time too, but he doesn't have customers. There's plenty of time. Shemitecha Yilmad, Ezeschera Yeshacharifa, from his books, he'll see which merchandise goes better, sells better, obeys his man, and which part of this, which season of the year does he get more profit? Some seasons, or time when the people buy. Al yadekach yuchal lahamik lachter biiski kniyasukheres miniyasarusa, and thereby they'll be able to investigate and know the business of buying and selling various kinds of his merchandise. See here. Hamsi tachbulas chadoshes, and thereby by constantly consulting his books <coughs> to see what he sells. And what it costs him expenses, he will find new schemes every day in order to increase the profits from his work more and more. By planning, he might be able to get more and more from his merchandise. He also has to be more cunning and more careful in his expenditures, but so also, and what he has to expend for his business, Yehuta Saro, he has to measure hairbreadth now, because he's a poor man, and he doesn't know he's making, how much he's making, and by studying, and making a very careful arrangement of the way he buys things, and the way he buys things for his own home, his private expenses, he starts limiting his Expenses more and more, in order to give his income a chance to overcome his expenses. He should continue at least one year in this concentrated effort 
of keeping his eyes on his books. Then he can compare how much he spent during the year with how much he made profit during the year. If they lam it, I'll take him cheshpen oidif al achnasah. In order to know how much was his profit more than his expenses. The Yistalik, I will call Ponim and Esachonim. At least he should go out of the danger of ruining himself financially. At least he's keeping an eye on his calculations not to spend more than he makes. And he becomes free of worries. He does it every year. He makes an inventory of how much he spent and how much he gained. Until he reaches a lifetime and is able to have income with profit and some pleasure in life to see after this mind. Now that's a muscle. That's a muscle that he wants to teach us now how we can make accounting of ourselves. But many people are losing more than they're gaining. Very many people are losing more than they're gaining. In order to make sure that you're making profits from your life and not a loss, it's necessary to keep a ledger. And this ledger, this a bookkeeping, that's the system that he's going to speak about in the following pages. Say that as Now the muscles he's going to explain in the following pages. We're going to discover that very many people are losing more than they're gaining. Their life is not an opportunity to accomplish, it's an opportunity to become worse. Not an opportunity to gain more mitzvahs. They do mitzvahs. But there's so many avails that it outweighs all the mitzvahs. It doesn't pay for them even to live. And therefore, this poor man has to put his head into his book and study the income and the expense, and he has to see what can he do to make a profit on his life. That's the study when I was talking about. See, top line, Psicha. Before, he told us about a man who was undergoing difficulties in his business, but by means of painstaking bookkeeping, calculations, be able to know which merchandise was a loss to him and which merchandise could bring a profit to him. And little by little, he was able to raise up his income from that. That's the muscle, of course, that our lives are for the purpose of the income of good deeds, Masim Tevim. But sometimes people are doing many wrong things or doing some good things and don't realize that. And by being careful in constantly looking over your records, you can see what things you have to improve, what things you have to stop doing, and then little by little, a person can become a success 
That's the bushel. And that's what the safer is for, to teach us how to recognize faults in ourselves and how to make headway and improve ourselves. Now we start psicha. Another muscle now. When you walk by the river bank, you see a whole meadow by the end of the river covered with reeds. Reeds are growing. And they're growing upright. All the reeds stand near, one near the other standing upright, erect. And they don't have the power to move themselves. They're fixed in their position upright. You pass by, there's no wind, air is calm, and they're standing upright. They're not moving at all. From the place where it's standing. I will be so sure after a little while, when the wind starts blowing, a remarkable thing happens. The entire field of reeds begins swaying together in unison, first in this direction and then the other direction. It looks like a wave was sweeping along the field. By the blowing of a small wind, all of them are moved at the same time. The whole surface of that field of reeds is moving or mismated back and forth just like the waves of the sea. It's remarkable to see. Yeah, the wind blows and you see a wave passing down the whole field. None of the reeds is able to withstand that little bit of a wind. Even a second. Now this is a muscle on the masses. The masses of the people are unable to manage the direction of their thoughts or of their habits. They're influenced by external things, like you have a muscle. People are sitting at night in the whole block. They walk down the block. Everybody is bursting out laughing at the same minute. But they're all listening to the same TV program, the same joke. The whole block laughs. Interesting to know that. I noticed it in practice. The whole block is laughing. But, but they're all slaves of the TV. But not only they're laughing, you have to know that these stupid, wicked people who are managing TV are influencing millions of people. And the people are like blades of grass. If they had somebody to blow a wind that would blow them in the right direction, the whole world, millions of people, become better by listening to good things. They're listening to Newspaper people, journalists, they read the newspapers. All reading newspapers, you know, their minds are corrupted every day. It's a printed word. It has authority by the public. Read a printed word, the whole 
nation, the whole world, becomes influenced by this garbage. They laugh together and they weep together, all for things that are not worth even thinking about. And sometimes it's a very big corruption of the mind, like I told you. When the princess died, D.I., was smashed in a taxi together with an Arab lover. To us, this is important, like a cockroach was crushed. But the newspapers made a tragedy. She's a heroine, a martyr. And everybody worships her name. And hundreds of thousands of people brought flowers to her grave. Because the newspapers the ones influenced everybody. So the people are really emotionless. They have no initiative to go in the right direction or even go in the wrong direction. They have no initiative. They're the victims of general influences that cause waves along the whole line of the populace. That's what he's telling us. And, of course, people will deny that. It's not true. We are nothing but uh, slaves of the of propaganda. What do you mean? I am uh, subject to propaganda. And so, yes, all the people, if you read a newspaper, you're a slave. Because you're reading things that make an impression on you. Some people subscribe to the New York Times. Every day their garbage is delivered to their door. There are 36 gays in the New York Times editorial offices. And these gays are polluting the whole world with their wickedness. And everybody reads the New York Times should know that his mind is ruined by them. Don't tell me you're different. His mind is ruined. And even though he's a shamer Shabbos, and he does mitzvahs, he should know he's so corrupt that it's a very big question. He has a chilek leilom because the printed word had a tremendous influence. I was in Europe. I saw how the masses were being ruined by the wicked newspapers. And even though very many still ate kosher, very many, very many still kept Shabbos, but in their hearts they hated Tomida Kachamim. They hated the yeshiva people. They despised the Rufumen. They gained from the newspapers an attitude in the Pneumis that they spoiled them entirely. And therefore, we have to know, if we want to be something in this world, we'll have to do two things. First of all, to take hold of the steering wheel of our lives and guide ourselves in the right direction. And secondly, to subject ourselves as much as possible to good influence. These both things. You have to manage your own life. Don't rely on your environment, even if a good environment. Even as a 13-year-old boy, many times he declared this minig, a minig, is against the Torah. How can it be against the Torah? Yes, it's against the Torah. I remember when the old love, Agudah Sarabonah, Hankin, 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 was alive. He said, 
We have to stop the knocking of Haman at reading Megillah. The Cheskes Ayad, he said. Have to use horse. Everybody knocks Haman those days. Everybody knocks Haman. But you couldn't hear the Megillah. And then say. And he said, the Cheskes Ayad. With horse, you have to break the many. You can't follow the many. Everybody was busy knocking Haman, and he couldn't hear the Megillah. And the yeshivas, it's different, the yeshivas, they have discipline, they don't knock. But Balabatim used to knock terribly. And our shul, when I came, about 48 years ago, 50 years, I stopped it. And I talked with Horace. Went to the president's son, Ali Gaga, I pulled the Gaga out of his hair. So what did he do? He took revenge on me. Took my yarmulke from my house, they threw the garbage in. <laughs> but we stopped it. We stopped it. Then talking during Hazaras Hashats. I said, it's also to talk in Hazaras Hashats. It was on Mr. Cohn, an accountant, Mr. Cohn. Mr. Cohn took it seriously. He walked up and down shouting, shouting. They thought it was very sugar. Made a scandal. And it was stopped. We stop talking in our show. Like you do with Cheskes Ayad. You have to go against it. You have to take hold the steering wheel and not be influenced by the majority. Lucia Harabi Don't follow the majority for wrong things. In addition, you should play, go in a place where there's a good majority and be influenced by them. And so, it doesn't take too much effort. When a good wind blows, you'll, you'll bow in the right direction. So you need two things. You have to be in charge of your own fate, of your own career, and guide yourself in the right way. And secondly, you have to subject yourself to good influences, to good sporim, other things that are good influences on you, inside now. So say the first paragraph. The next Moshul is very important as part of this Sefer. Something you see, a little shaker, a little guy, is leading a big axe. Now the big axe could give him a bump and put the boy out of commission. But the axe has been trained. Because the axe is only an axe. And you can train him in such a way that it becomes docile and he obeys that little boy. Animals are an example of human beings. We have an animal. Our minds are human, but our bodies are brutal, beastly. And it's necessary to train that body by various methods that are going to teach us here. How to train that body to be obedient to the good lessons of the mind. Now, sometimes, if you're careless and you let the body do what it wants, after a while, the body gains control of the mind. And the mind becomes brutalized. The mind becomes docile and obeys the body. So the mind is like an animal. It's like the horse riding on the policeman. Instead of the policeman sitting on the horse. So that's the important lesson we're going to learn now. Just like you saw in the case of the grass, the reeds, 
That's how the animal nefesh is. It doesn't have any power of mind or strength of spirit to move itself according to its own choice. It's mistaken prince. But the mind, but the the the, the behemoth, it moves its influence immediately <coughs> by the stimulus of even a small wind of a desire, or sometimes a wind of a distress. Hamud boy and Bob it was born with it, let's say. An animal, when it thinks of food, that causes it to do certain things. When it thinks, let's say, of uh, copulation with a female, it follows its instincts. It doesn't stop. And the, a dog in the street doesn't stop to see what people are looking at now, follows the instincts. Also, saw the smallest distress, let's say, a wild dog or a wild horse, if you put something on his back, it'll be very angry. You want to throw it off. It takes training before a horse is able to tolerate a rider on his back or to be harnessed to a wagon. So the smallest distress or the smallest desire can cause them to move. It influences them. Just like a It's like the smallest wind causes the field of reeds to start waving in the wind. Or if it gained a certain habit, was trained into it, by long training. An animal, by long training, can be trained to do things even though it's against this nature. Ah, she's bias tavaseha. Until it gets all its desires, who poskukol hagaseha. And all its feelings stop. Then it stops moving. But as long as some feelings, emotions, instincts, the animal follows these things without thinking. If it's trained, it's followed this training without thinking. And then, when the emotions die down, has no feelings for something, then it remains immovable. That's in the slumber of laziness. It doesn't mean that the animal can run back and forth. Let's say you see a bear in a cage. He's walking back and forth all day long. It's only a habit. That's his habit. That's his nature. The pace back and forth. 
And he cannot move by himself anymore. Until some other wind of emotions or desires or distress comes along, you can send and make him move again. Probably have two winds. One blowing from the east, one blowing from the west. Blowing on that field of wheat. So, is there confusion there? Or an animal has two different desires. So the one that's stronger, that's the wind that has influence. Two winds, the stronger wind blows the field of uh, reeds. In one direction, weaker wind in the other direction. So the stronger wind gains the upper hand. Also, two instincts in the behemoth. The stronger instinct gains the upper hand. The Thishi, who says, Bino, the Israelis animal lacks understanding to foresee the future, even though it might harm the behemoth. Let's say, a bird. Is hungry. She's a little piece of food someplace. It doesn't look to see why the food is there. It pounces down to get the food and it falls into a net and it's trapped. Doesn't look around. That's how animals are trapped. You put food down for them. It's the instinct to eat food leads them into worse dangers because they don't have the ability to look around and see the results. What could happen? They lack any kind of ability to understand to put off even a small temporary benefit, pleasure, even though it might cause a permanent distress. It means an animal will yield to its instincts for a little bit of pleasure in a moment, even though that may cause them a great loss or its loss of his life. Like that bird, for the momentary pleasure, that piece of food is willing to put itself into a situation that might cause it to lose his life. It will be slaughtered by the, by the bird man. So the mostly is telling us that we have to learn from the muscle animals. We're all in the same degree of being motivated only by our emotions and not by reason, not by seichel. Of course, each person will deny that. See, I'm doing it with a seichel. And therefore, their lives are being employed only to follow their instincts and in most cases, it's not for their benefit. Now, we're not talking about from Jews, because from Jews have good habits already. And even they follow the instincts of the good habits, they're going in the right direction. He's trained not to eat what's not kosher as a child all his life. He won't touch what's not kosher. He's trained on Shabbos not to do anything. So all the wise will keep it. He's trained also morality to a certain extent. However, there are many things outside of the realm of morality and Shabbos and Shabbos. Very important questions. 
sometimes it's a matter even of life and death. Most important questions. They're not trained. A person will just follow his habit and therefore is going to do very great avayas. Sometimes it ruins his life. And we'll find examples later to show that it's so. But even a shayma mistress, if he lives by habit alone, can sometimes be in the most dire peril of doing some of the worst things. And I call this border will condemn him for Gehenna because of that. And so it's important to understand this muscle that we, unless we learn how to think and to consider what we're doing, we are just like the animal that lives only by habit and many times with just for a little bit of desire, a little bit of convenience, we're going to choose to do something that may be the greatest peril for little for us. Say that aside. Allah. The bottom paragraph. Before he spoke about a field of leaves or grain, wind blows, they all move in the same direction. When the wind doesn't blow, they stand still all the time. They have no choice of moving of themselves. Then he spoke about animals. Animals could move of themselves, but they also are subject just to their instincts. They don't have any choice. And now he's saying, Ukemat, Shein Lohem, the Balechayim Yisim, Alasmahadim. Almost the same. They don't have much advantage over plants. They don't have any power to move or to remain still. It means all they do is to follow the instincts. They have no choice. The nephes, Abahami Shalem Nithis, Ikafa Kone, and their animal minds or characters or influence just as the reeds and the grass are influenced by the wind. Just say that aside. Or the fee she'ain't the nevesh of Bahamis mitzida shumotsan shelbechio because the animal soul doesn't have any desire of choice, Altain we cannot apply any mitzvahs asay or mitzvahs losase to them because 
that needs the decision of their minds to choose whether to obey or not to obey. An animal only follows instincts. Well, Gimel. But man, human beings, who Baldeo, he has a mind, and he has cunning, and he can control his emotions. He can move, he can influence the animal soul to do as he wishes. I mean, he can control animals. Because animals don't have any choice of their own. And the human beings, when he takes over the animals, he puts his will in control of the animal. Later going to explain that it's a muscle of a human being. Human being has also an animal soul and he has a human soul. And the animal soul is subject to the control of the human soul. The Hainu, the oil be kilbo ruach shall taver samamish. A human being can stir up in the feelings of the animal a desire of taver, of the a, a spirit of desire, and the spirit of tsar, which the ordinary instincts wouldn't have, but he can cause these instincts to be motivated in such a way according to his will. Birds are feeding in the grain. Now, that's their instinct. But a human being comes and he shakes a bell and they're frightened away by the sound of the bell. Now, they won't go away merely because they shouldn't be there in the grain. They don't have any circle to understand that. But a human being can utilize their emotions of fear to cause them to fly away. See, he doesn't have to hit them with anything. Just causes fear, and therefore they fly away. Or, he can trap them. He puts in front of a trap some food, and they come for the food. They don't have the sense to be aware of a trap. They're looking for food, and they fall into his trap. He can create in them artificial desires, artificial feelings by means of training. Can you see that? He mentioned above. A person can train an animal to do work. Now, an animal doesn't want to do work. No beast wants to do work, but he can train the beast by habit that will do work. So the horse pulls a wagon, all this against his nature to do any work like that. But he's trained by habit. So human beings can put habits on animals, have to know how to do it. But by teaching animals certain habits, they can control the animals. Now, you all this is a muscle. We have an animal ourselves. But to train our animal, it's possible if we'll use 
our seichel to control the animal part of ourselves. Somebody knows well the art of training animals. He can make use of all the abilities of the animal as if it's his own ability. Like a dark muscle. Mean if there's certain kind of bird, a very sharp, a keen side of a sight. Falcons, for instance. Falcons can see a big distance. More than human beings can see. Malamdim Aisum so the human masters teach their falcons to catch animals and birds and also fish. They train to dip into the pond and pull out a fish out with their beak. And so the humans can take their minds which are controlled by reason and influence the behaviors the behavior of creatures that don't have any minds that they'll utilize all of their special gifts strength or very sharp eyesight it can use them as he desires by training them to do his will. I'm going to say all these things apply to us too. Our body has many abilities, but it doesn't use them only according to the instincts of the body. But if we utilize our minds to control our bodies, we can gain all the benefits that the body has. For instance, the body desires something. It has a real desire, so the body wants it. But we can teach ourselves artificial desires. That you want a desire to become a London. A desire to become a Sadi. Desire to become recognized by people that you're a righteous man. So you can take your body that has a slavish shibut to its titus and give it a new titus. Just like you can take your falcon that has a good eyesight, you can see it very far away, but it's not interested in going and casting anything for you, but now that you train it, it'll do it for you. And you can use him to plow. Ox doesn't want to plow, but you can train him to do it. Now how to train him, that you have to know. A donkey carries burdens on his back. The swiftness of a horse or for people to sit on him and gallop quickly. Now the horse wouldn't want to gallop for nothing. He gallops away when he sees some danger. He gallops toward a place where he thinks there's water to drink. Yes. Or that I wouldn't gallop. But here... He's galloping for somebody else, not for himself. But he's doing it because he's trained to gallop. The owner has trained him. I said, the owner has taught him if he gallops, he gets some clover hay, a special tidbit, clover hay. So 
so what's just in his mind that Yahweh think it's a good thing? So little by little we train ourselves, meet the stables, all kinds of good things, and that's going to be his system that's going to teach us in this later. Set that aside. Base. How do I get a gimel? Before he spoke about plants that have no choice in doing things, animals do have a choice, but they only follow the instincts. And now it talks about human beings. Gimel. Ochein ha'odom. Person has ability of reason, and he has also cunning, and also is able to control himself. Yochol lahaniya nefesh abahamis lateves masrikasem. He can motivate the animal part of himself, his brute part, for his benefit as he wishes. That means every person has in himself two parts, a mind and a physical body. The body with its emotional reactions, (coughs) anger, fear, arrogance, and so on, (coughs) 